you unlock this benefit with the key of Patreon. Beyond is another dimension. A dimension of thought. A dimension of speculation. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both waffle and substance. Of things and ideas. You've just crossed into the podcast zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Trekking Through the Twilight Zone. Here we are at our Season 1 recap. It's been me and Julian talking about all, not, not all the episodes, we'd be here forever, but we're going to go through, talk about some of the tropes, the highlights, the lowlights, and some of the things that stood out for us. So let's start there with Julian. Any first thoughts then on the first season of uh, The Twilight Zone? No, I mean, I love Twilight Zone, and I, I think that we've identified as we've gone some sort of tropes like, you know, golly gee, they're really on Earth, or, you know, mm. uh, it's all you know, been a hallucination like uh, the first episode is. Um, and there are, there are stronger and weaker episodes. And I think we have to remember that, you know, it's a remarkable level of quality for a show that was produced so quickly. Um, but it's really the great episodes that live on. Yeah. I mean, this was 36 episodes, which is that's a long season. And if you're doing this week to week, um, that's a lot to 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 bang out and ideas to. So I agree. Like there are tropes, there are repeat ideas in this. You know, you said the afterlife. This idea of bargains for the in the afterlife comes up repeatedly. Hallucinations. The um, as you say, oh they're on Earth, or oh you thought it was Earth but it's not. Um, you know. So yeah, no, I can understand that why that those things come up, um, and I think about, the the thing is that there's a bell curve, isn't there, uh, of this season? It's like there's there's a there's a there's a portion that are classic mm. and stand out, and there's a portion that are like crap <laughs> and like really for me don't work, but the majority are in the middle where I'm like, yeah, do you know what? The vast majority of the episodes entertaining. It works. It's fine. It's a good idea. It may, you know, it might not stick the landing or whatever. But there's that sort of like portion in the middle where I'm like, yeah, they're fine. But it's those ones you say that are in the great category that really make this show. And I can see why this is such a, 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 a having never seen it before, but it's such a cornerstone of um, pop culture. Yeah, I mean, I would say a little more generously that if there is a bell curve, I mean, it's they're really not a lot of episodes that are really crap. Um, no, you know, most episodes are right in there, at like, you know, a six, you know, uh, they're not stunning. But, you know, I mean, it, it's sort of like right at that sort of like five point five, six, six point five. So, I mean. That's a pretty high um, bar. I mean, you know, when I have to rate shows that I'm binging and I'm enjoying, you know, um, I'm really looking for what's I'll I'll keep watching if it's sixes, but I'm really Mm. looking for those episodes that are, you know, a seven and eight, you know, Um, and there aren't many in history that I'll rate a nine. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, what were some uh, of the worst episodes for you? We were talking about the the very worst, the ones that oh, that are crap. 
Um, you're right. I'm, I'm quickly looking through a list to try and remind myself. Um, the ones that stand out to me are. I'll go backwards a little bit. There's not really. There isn't many. Um, you know, there's probably the is. The more I think about it, a passage for a trumpet like just fell flat. Like it's not. I don't know. Crap's probably too much of a strong word. It's just that. It's just at the wrong end. The one that I come back to the most though is is uh, fever. The fever. Yeah. The gambling the one. Miles. Um. Is is one where I'm like I could watch it again, but only to be sort of like, what am I watching? Because this is so seems to be so out of place and so ham fisted compared to some of the subtlety and nuance of some of the others. I'm just like, what? Um, they're they're the ones that sort of really sort of um stand out the most. I mean, again, in 36 episodes, two that really, perchance to dream. Actually, that's another one. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. so yeah, that and that is the one where you know to refresh viewers' minds, where it's just everything is in a dream, and there are people in the dream that reflect reality, but it just doesn't work and doesn't amount to anything. The third, and it's curious that the the three that I would rate the lowest are those two, but I kind of like the fever. I kind of admire what it's doing. You know, there's a version. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's an yeah, anti-gambling yeah. episode in 1960. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, I there's a version of it that's that's good. It just isn't good. Um, perchance the dream is just very far away from a good one. Mm. Um, uh, curiously, also Mr. Denton on Doomsday, which is that confused Western episode. Yeah, that is the that third is, episode. I, I was just looking at that one. That is a that was what we mentioned before the the fate one when it's mm. sort of like I, I think with that I think back on it. And although the ending is, is all very confused, there is still something in that episode I kind of like about this idea of fate and, you know, this younger version of himself. Not because not literally like this all this this you know standing for himself as a younger person sort of thing, and, and is interesting. Um, it is messy though, and you know, this idea of a drunk in the West sort of is a bit of a cliche, but. So, so what ones at the other end then? You know, a couple that really, yeah, stand out I mean, for you. It, it's hard to to sort of narrow down. I mean, I definitely have a handful that you know are among my favorite. Um, you know, one of the one of the earliest is still walking distance. Um, mm. You know, mm. which is the the man going into his his old Midwestern home, and it, it it is amazing to me how well that works emotionally. It's one of it's it's one of the we're talking about repeated tropes. It's one of the episodes that just doesn't explain what happens at all. And often these are yeah. time travel episodes where somebody just like wanders <laughs> through the desert, and you know they're in another time or something. Um, and I, I kind of like those episodes where those are the most kind of Twilight zone episodes in a way mm. that it's just like, there's something weird going on in our reality. Now watch people kind of suffer, <laughs> you know, and, and struggle with uh, this vortex of, uh, you know, just weirdness that's around them. Um, but it, it works emotionally. And it's also amazing how much happens within that 22 minutes. I mean, it's a whole movie of plot that you get. Yeah, that is a good one, and I think because I think you know, I, there are episodes in that. 
or sorry, sections in that episode um, when like he has to interact with his parents and and things like there's moments in that and you know that really stand out and and are just really good. Um, like when his dad actually comes out to him after, and they have that sort of brief conversation, like it's really, you know, it's it's a really fascinating moment. You're like, wow, this is 1959. Like they're really batting this out of the park. Um, so yeah, no, there's some, yeah, that was that is a good one. I do think that is a a good one. Um, it it starts strong though the season for me. There's there's sort of from those early ones. Um, the sixteen millimeter, the sixteen millimeter shrine, really, really sort of stood out for me. And there's that first sort of batch, and that's sort of when the, we were first working through these, as uh, the concept of an aging actress and still trying to mm-hmm. go into it. But and then, but then the final twist, just mm-hmm. being so weird of her sort of like. Like walking into this world, like physically walking into this other world and, and living in this sort of um, this version of herself from sort of like 30 years before is absolutely fascinating. And obviously, well, I, you know, yeah, that's the sort of metafiction that, mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing how many of these have some element of metafiction, which we associate with post-modernity which you know obviously it started at in 1960 but we think of it in television as a much later development yeah no that that was a shocker to me watching that one that ending was a real shocker um and it's dark and it's it's sort of it really plays on the psychological sort of this idea of aging and feeling relevant and this other stuff i was really sort of yeah no that was a good one um and that sort of set me up to be like, oh, okay, this is... And then it's, to be fair, that is followed by walking distance. So you get this sort yeah. of, like, double punch of, like, oh, these are really cool. Um, so... Yeah, those those are the two real standouts for me, uh, it, it, you know, in the first uh, several uh, episodes. Mm. Um, then we get to Time Enough at Last, which is the yep. classic, you know. I mean, that's also up there. Um What's it? What's the next one uh, um, that you've got? Well, time enough at last is definitely up there. Like you say, uh, we obviously we talked about that with Tony. Got Burgess Meredith in, which is you know as a which we 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 will be doing um, uh, in the next episode is a sort of a spot um, spot the who's who's that person I know from something else kind of thing. <laughs> um, what, one of the ones that sort of this one's grown on me, and I think I sort of may have not made fun of it or something, but the one that I've gone back to a little bit in my head is the four of us are dying. Yeah, As, yeah, that is that is not one of my favorite ones, and that has not grown on me, my friend. No, and I don't know if it's the episode or the concept because it's it, it's it's messy. Um. It's a messy episode, but I still kind of like this idea of sort of like, and the ending is sort of you know the 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 one thing with with a lot of these episodes we've said is they're all done in twenty twenty two to twenty six minutes, mm-hmm. and there's a lot goes on, and to me 
the four of us is the four of us are dying mm. is one of those stories where like if you had another 15 to 20 minutes of this to really let this breathe you could it would be a lot more impactful this was like a, an hour show you know with adverts 45 minutes of playtime um that ending could be stretched out to be a bit more impactful where um you know it's the father of this person whose face he imitates right get, you know, getting his revenge for what, the way he was treated like you could have this impact and stuff and deal into it but it's one of those episodes that sort of stuck with me that i wasn't so impressed with to begin with but the more i'm like actually then there's something about that that i kind of like and i'm kind of digging so yeah that's one of those sort of uh, mid mid season i suppose as you say yeah i mean i i would i always remember i do remember that episode right which i'll give it credit for that yeah. and i will say I'll, I'll give it credit for what you're saying uh sort of like that it needs more time and i feel like a lot happens in that episode i mean you have like four different personalities there's a good twist mm -hmm. um I just don't think any of it works. Um, mm. And I don't, I'm not invested in, I don't know why he's got this power. And, you know, I'm not invested in any of those characters that him wanting to escape with a girl, he's kind of raping her revenge of the nerd style. I mean, yeah. this is, so it, it just, it, you know, it, it doesn't work for me. No. And that's the thing. I don't want him to be a hero. I'm not saying I want to follow this guy as a hero, but like, there's this concept of like a guy that abuses his power and then gets comeuppance for having abused the power. Um, and I think there's a better way of telling that story, but I just like, I don't know, the concept sort of stuck with me. Just going to throw one, one other in that around this era that sort of, I, I, I not forgot about, but was I trying to see which one it was. It's that and when the sky opened or when mm -hmm. the sky was opened, which is when the, the guy, those four, yes. three, two, one. Uh-huh. Survivors. Yeah, start to disappear. And the fact that you said, as you said, with the uh, the distance, uh, walking distance, like it, it doesn't explain itself. It's got no intention of doing so. It does things where you're like, hang on a minute. Like it keeps you off guard. Um, that that was a corker. That was a really good episode. Yeah, that's on my list too. Um, mm. Uh, I quite like that. And, you know, I feel like I want to like it more than I do, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's still, it's still on my short list. Right. But, you know, I want to like it more than I do. Um, although I really like everything that it's doing. I love everything that you're talking about. It, it is so well acted. Mm -hmm. um, the one that I uh, think is better than that, that I sort of doesn't have, intellectually like it, it's it's foundation isn't as good at all as when the sky was open disappearing from continuity right that's great mm -hmm. is uh third from the sun which is the family on that base and then you know this is like one of the aha well it's not really yeah. earth episodes but it's like my favorite from the first season it, it has a good it, it works well i think um and it it, earn, it earns its reveal i think as well that episode um in, in clever ways uh and it has that great moment where obviously they face up to the guy that's going to sort of turn them in um yeah I, I, i'm sort of i could flip this round for you for what you're saying about uh and when the sky was open it's one of those where i go yeah it, i know i i liked everything that episode did 
I, I think I should. I think I should and want to like it more. Um, but I don't think it had the lasting impact on me that some of the others did. Well, I mean, I think I think we're basically on the same page with everything, with the exception of the four of us are dying. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that that's the one real exception of uh, that we disagree so far. Although, you know, like different things touch us at different moments mm. right? um the the another one that sort of uh sticks with me is uh elegy and it's it's the one with the cemetery asteroid with the with the android and the stuffed people and yeah it doesn't work <laughs> but that's you know it, it's much like sort of this is like my version of the four of us are dying like <laughs> this one doesn't work but mm. I love it so much. Like it, it's like such a perversely bad idea. I mean, like there's no it's good intellect. There's no good intellectual foundation to this episode. But it's so charming in its sort of red dwarf like bizarreness. Yeah. That that's that's the only thing is like what I remember saying it. It it stuck with me, but only I think on that premise. I'm like this. So should have been a red dwarf episode. <laughs> I. It's weird enough, but like it doesn't it sort of doesn't work. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fine and it's quite quirky. And I like some of the ideas in it, like um what is it? The um the beauty pageant mm, yes. part is brilliant. Like that's a great notion, you know. Um where she's she's not conventionally attractive, but that's how she wanted to be seen and all this other stuff. So there's good moments in it, but yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, um, well, the central premise is so you know. I mean, but but isn't this true? It's so absurd, but isn't that true of so much of science fiction where it's like the simplest way of dealing with yeah. this is it to build a space station or yeah. you know to don turn in it. You know, the the easiest way to trade in widgets isn't to build a widget planet that only yeah. specializes in You've making got- those widgets. We've got we've got limited burial space, so we're going to build another place with limited burial space. <laughs> yeah, you know, how do you you know get people out of that asteroid? It, it it doesn't make any sense, but it's so charming to me that you know it, it overrules that. Yeah, there's there's an episode that neither of us have mentioned yet, uh, and we spent a great deal of time on actually, and that we both really enjoyed. I think was uh, the monsters are due on Maple Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, another classic. I mean, to me, that's like uh, time enough at last. Yes. Where it, it just it's an indisputed classic. You've got to include it on the list, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed the episode. Um, weirdly, I think both. I don't know. I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you now. I I actually think I like the original. I think I like the remake a little more. Uh, I think that the remake had had more time. It's a longer episode. And was able to be a little bit more nuanced in the consequences of some of the actions. Yeah, I think I think the I don't know that I like the remake better. Mm. I, I have both of them as an eight mm. um, to me. But I do think that the remake is better written. That mm. it is just structurally more there. It's got more time, but it's also. It's from an era where you have more time to actually write it. You're not writing yeah. it in a week. Um, and so it's able to sort of 
you know, tie it to the homeowners association and terrorism and sort of tease out some of the implications of its plot. And I, and I think that one of the weaknesses of the Twilight Zone is that it's so damn good, especially being churned out and being the product of one person, uh, which when is that really true of a TV series? Mm. But uh, but the weakness of that format is, of course, that you, you know, there are so many episodes where you think this is full of potential, full of ideas, but you didn't it didn't germinate. You didn't have time to sort of see how those themes reverberate through the whole episode and the implications. Yes, no, I agree with that. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's either, either or is definitely worth revisiting. Like, I think it's it's such a a milestone actually of this. Again, like you said, I, I agree. It's up there with time enough at last. It's um, an absolute doozy. I I would add, in between is Mirror Image, I was, which sticks with me. Yeah, I I almost sort of I was thinking about this, and there's this you. I was just looking at Mirror Image, and I like Mirror Image. I thought it was a very good one with the, the woman at the bus stop and, and how she starts to question reality. She sees another version of herself. Um, th- this comes back to this thing you mentioned before early on about this idea of this metafiction that starts to seep into these episodes. Um, and you get them in these little blasts. You get Mirror Image quickly followed by a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, I like the fact that in 1959, 1960, this idea of sort of like um, doppelgangers in sort of mirror image or like mirror universe versions of yourself, or the fact that like fiction can be reality or reality can be fiction uh, and you can merge between the two. Um, th- these ideas are like, these are big ideas um, and in and, and most part played it well. <clears throat> mirror image has a is, is, has quite a dark ending because she's carted off and you see her mirror <laughs> version on the bus. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you and I sort of slightly disagreed on the interpretation of that ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, a world a world of difference has an ending where you and I both sort of said this idea that like the world he's going into that he he returns to like is it being destroyed mm-hmm. like. Is it is that is that is this episode about the destruction of a fictional universe? And we're going to see it. Like, it, it, I love the fact that I'm watching this show, and I'm you know from a black and white sixty year old show, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to start talking about this idea of sort of like fictional universes and the impact on reality. Is it shows how strong sort of science fiction was, and ideas like you know these twist ideas were over half a century ago um and we often you know as as things get churned up and get recycled and remade and reused and people sort of see things today and go oh my god yeah this this ideas are so fresh and so new and you're like actually some of this was done in a a quirky Mm. tv show from 1960 um yeah i think a world of differences is radically undervalued as an episode mm. um and, you know, we we've talked about sort of the metafiction of 16 millimeter shrine and the metafiction of um, of uh, a world of his own. Um, mm. a, the last episode of the season, both have just clear metafictional elements, but a world of diff- difference. The entire thing is metafiction. Yeah. And it's shocking right from the start. I mean, it's just shocking. And, and 
it also is one of those episodes that is just delightful to watch. Yes. And I think the Twilight Zone knows that it is it has great ideas, it has social messages, but it also knows that its function is to entertain. I mean, it's from an era of television where you could not pretend that that wasn't the case, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that people make TV now and think, we're going to bore you to death. But, <laughs> but, I mean, there is the intersection of art and commerce that's going on here, or art and entertainment. Clearly, there's art involved, but there's no illusion that this isn't also commerce and entertainment. Um, mm. You know, that's right there at the, you know, there's no separation. And I think for it to be doing, you know, be so delightful, so entertaining, and still so postmodern, so yeah. ahead of its time. <laughs> I mean, for me, a world of difference is up there with anything else. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the episodes, I, uh, you know, that have stuck in my head. There are episodes where I've gone, oh, yeah, that was really cool. You know, and uh, it's one of those ones that sort of like, th this this element of metafiction throughout has, has just sort of like really surprised me. Where it has gone, and it's it's meant more to me um, than some of the episodes I thought would. You know, the, the, uh, like, I'm not I'm not particularly spiritual. I'm not particularly you know I'm not religious. And there's but there's an awful lot of afterlife narrative in this series as well. You know, uh, making bargains with the devil or or you know doing something to uh, with the with the angels, which is, again is a charmingly nice episode. Very early on, what's it called? One for the One Angels for the is a really touching, well done episode. Like it's kind of nice, it's fun, you know, as you said, entertaining. But then you get all these other sort of like um, afterlife narratives, all the way up to a passage for Trumpet and all this other stuff. And it sort of just gets samey. Yeah. Of, and it's sort of like, yeah, I get it. You know, you have to be a good person or you have to be authentic or integrity. You know, it's fine. It never sort of changes, you yeah. know. Even the hell one. What was the one where the guy goes to like his perfect, his what well, I'll call it his perfect hell. Um, uh, the one with the the Nazi uh, U-boat thing. No. It's, it, oh it, no, you're talking about the that's yeah. Judgment Night. So you got exactly. So you got Judgment Night where a guy has to, you know, he's, he's forced to live over that event over and over again. No, the one. Um, a nice place to visit. A nice gangster. place to visit. Right. And again, it's exactly, it's the same sort of concept of like, you know, oh, you think you're in heaven, but you're in hell. Um, and it's like, yes. it, it feels very, even then it felt like, okay, th this afterlife narrative is, is not, it's not boring because they are insane when you're watching them, but they're not. Well, okay. So, so there is this, let me introduce this idea about genre, right? Like we're covering the Twilight Zone. <laughs> on a science fiction podcast right? mm. um not all of the twilight zone is science fiction yeah. and in fact people who would defend the outer limits compared to the twilight zone would say the outer limits is real science fiction the twilight mm. zone is supernatural sci-fi and weird yeah, um, yeah you know so there are episodes where uh like with the woman in the bus station in mirror image where is that science fiction is that supernatural? I don't know. Is there, you know, yeah. it's just, it's weird. It's a, it's a you know, sort of, uh, what what is it? Uh, Eldritch story Eldritch, kind no, of thing. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I am happy to, what I would say is, though, 
I, I agree. You know me. I like weird fiction. Like I, mm-hmm. I you know, I like. I, I'll start with Lovecraft and work from there, sort of through to Thomas Legatti. I'm, but um, one of the problems I have with some of the supernatural elements of this is they're all very. And and correct me on this, it's all very Christian based. Yeah, and that's fine, but it then becomes very repetitive. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, there are elements like, I mean, I like the love potion episode and I'll, it's not in my mm. list of great episodes is the chaser, but, but I think it's a solid, you know, love potion episode, you know, love potion story. Right. Um, but that's supernatural, but, you know, I think the elements that you're describing, like the ones that I like best are usually the ones that have the least supernatural elements. Yes. It's where there's a guardian angel. It's it's, you know, like, um, you know, there's death, um, you know, one for the angels with a pitch band meets death. that works a lot better than you're in hell. You're in heaven. You know, yeah. uh, they're ghosts. I mean, limiting that supernatural works better. And also probably to your point, strips it of just feeling like, oh, OK, another Judeo-Christian kind of. Yeah, you know, afterlife version. Yeah, de- definitely, and I also agree with like. The, to me, the ones that work best are probably the weird. Mm-hmm. Like the, some of the Zypher ones are absolutely fantastic. Like some, like you say, some really strong ones. But the weird are the ones I re I really like when it is that sort of like. They're not going to explain stuff. It's just if this was written as a weird short story. You know, you'd probably have a bit more in a monologue and you'd probably get some bit more. You could probably expand on some of these stories. But like I'll use Mirror Image as a good example. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mirror Image, if that was in an anthology of weird tales, you know, books, short story, weird tales, that would be a that would be an absolute blinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the same for. Um, a world of difference. I'll use those two again, and there's, uh, I'll think of a few others um, where th- that works perfect because it's in TV. It, it, it nails it because of the medium in which it's being presented, and that again, fantastic yeah. idea, and so it works really well. Um, but some of the other ones, that, like you say, that the, the I'm trying to think of another good example. Uh, when the sky opened is another good one. I'd say that's more of a... It's not said it's science fiction. It's never established as science fiction because, mm-hmm. like you said, they're being eradicated from continuity, from reality. It's another good, weird tale. Um, I, think, I think that's the one that combines the weird, you know, mm. sort of genre that we're talking about with science fiction, where, you know, the Venn diagram, where they overlap and when the sky is open is in the middle there. Yes. So it's, it's those sort of ones I kind of like. Um... Well, yeah. I mean, looking looking at the ones that we've rated the most, I mean, sixteen millimeter meter shrine yes. and walking distance, those are both sort of not science fiction. Those are both more sort of weird stories. Mm. Time enough at last is more science fiction, yeah. but it's sort of gentle, right? There's no weird devices or something. There's just new, it's alternate timeline, right, with nuclear war. Mm-hmm. When the sky is opened, uh, is sort of weird plus science fiction, right? Uh, third from the sun for me is, you know, that's science fiction, you know, more solidly. Elegy is more solidly science fiction. <laughs> Mirror image is weird. Monsters are due on Maple Street is like another 
genre of just real. There's just yeah. not. I mean, I guess, well, there are aliens at the end, right? So it is technically science fiction. But there are a few episodes where they're just not supernatural or weird or science fiction. But a world of difference, that's weird too, right? Yes. And I think that's where I lean. Those sorts of ones um, do really work for me. You know, you say about the the, the real, uh, again, like, yeah, uh, the... Um, monsters are due on Maple Street. The, the other one we talked about has been whether it's real or not. Again, is is like Nightmare as a Child. Yeah, um, I wondered if you're going to mention that as one of your favorites. It, it does. It sort of again comes into this weird thing of like if this was again was in an, in an anthology of weird tales. Like I I could see this being a really creepy, um, disturbing tale about you know. Um, the uh, um, it, does it work trauma as an Tra- yeah, trauma projections and all this other stuff? Like, you know, it, it's one of those ones where sort of like, does it work as an episode? Yeah, it sort of does. Um, it's I like it because it's quite dark, it was darker than I expected some of this place to go, but like, there's still this element of the weird of like, you know, did she actually see herself? Was it or is it was it just a hallucination? Was it a mental break? Was it some of those sort of things? Um, yeah, and you know it's interesting that you know um, Nightmare as a Child is sort of um, I think it's better put together, but I th- think I prefer a stop at Willoughby, uh, which is the the next episode. The mm. Yeah, and you know even though it's it sort of has some of the same themes as as Walking Distance with the sort of you know escape to a midwestern sort of dream or an idyllic sort of Americana. Um, but what's interesting to me is that both of those episodes, thinking about them in terms of genre, they're both sort of weird. But yeah. in, in both cases, they could also be they're sort of at the intersection between weird and reality, mm. where both of them could totally take place in a universe with no science fiction or supernatural elements, because the weirdness is either, uh, a, you know, hallucination caused by PTSD or mm-hmm. it's a dream um, as a guy is going crazy and, and then dying. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The, this is the thing. It's one of those. That, like, you could totally take both of those and give them a purely psychological angle mm-hmm. or a p- purely psychological reading. That at the end of a stop at Willoughby, he, you know, um, yeah, he just steps off a moving train and and <laughs> and, you know, that's that's him in a, in a dream fugue state. And that's what happened. Like, you know, he's stress and anxiety has got on top of him, you know, push, push, push. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's the same as a nightmare child, like you said, PTSD, trauma, repressed nightmares, all that sort of thing. And then the, 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 the killer coming back to confront her, like bringing it all back. Um, you could take that as a, you could, you could do that both is a psychological, but there is that element of weird in both of them where you could say, um, well, actually, you know, is there a reality where he does settle down in Willoughby and become whatever? Or, you know, was it some supernatural element that did intervene that's, you know, helped her identify these repressed memories and stuff? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and even if they are a hallucination, 
the effect of it on the reader or the the viewer is that of a weird story. Uh, And there's plenty of weird fiction, right? Mm. You know, that ultimately ends up not being something supernatural or sci-fi, you know, and we still understand them as being part of that genre. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's interesting too. And, you know, for me, the after hours is, you know, the, the best of the, the sort of last bunch. Yes. And that's also not, sci-fi right that's also just weird and creepy yeah i mean that that's sort of leaning into horror almost but that's definitely like a weird tale like that thing of of you mentioned about eldritch like you know something going on underneath the skirt almost like urban fantasy this idea of sort of something going on underneath society that a different world that we don't know about and i kind of love those sorts of tales like everything from like neverwhere um you know through to um what do they call them sort of like supernatural detectives um Mm. kind of tales yeah and this sort of fits stuff like harry potter has that you know the sort of what we don't see yes the stuff that yeah stuff between the cracks that we don't see and i kind of like that kind of thing like and this is much more subtle like there's no sort of well no actually let me put this way my (laughs) instant response to creating some grand conspiracy around how it all works basically tells you (laughs) that I'm expecting it to be like there's not the wizarding world. There's a mannequin world, or you know, yes. like in Neverwhere, there's a complete underground for all this stuff. Like I have a de- a delusion for these things. Um, but yes. Anyway, look, we've actually we've actually gone really long on this one, but that's that's a great recap. Were there so others that, that you that you found uh, that I haven't mentioned, and you know you haven't mentioned? Um, not Any really. Final? Um, a final one, I think. Um, no, because we could just go across all of them. To be perfectly honest, um, uh, no, no, no more that I really want to get into. I think we've done a great review of the season. It's been a fantastic run. I'm fascinated to see more. One of the things I will say about going forwards, there are still images that I recognise as being from the Twilight Zone of episodes that i have not seen yet and i am looking forward to finding out where those are um there's the the, the, some of the famous ones is like the pig looking alien monster oh yes Um, i I know yeah they're not yeah they're not aliens i mean that is a classic episode though yeah you when you get to that that's um and there's obviously the little boy that can think the person away and oh. all that kind of stuff. I've seen images from that. So yeah, yeah. I, I I'm very much like if this is the first season, like I cannot wait to get into the rest. Yeah, and you know the other thing is, I mean, I I've got like, you know, I sort of do this in my head with episodic shows where I'm like, okay, I can make a list of eleven episodes that I think <laughs> you've got to see in this season. Right, mm-hmm. that's almost a third of the episodes. That yeah. is a higher percentage than Star Trek has. It's a yeah. higher percentage than Doctor Who. It's a higher percentage than almost anything for, you know, the first season of Twilight Zone. Um, and also keep in mind, we, we've talked, we've prattled on for 36 episodes. But these are, this is a total of less than 20 hours of television. We're talking about yeah. the equivalent of, you know, 18 um, hour long episodes. That's mm. less than a season used to be on a network. Yeah. Um, you know, that's less than any season of Star Trek until it's on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that's a remarkable, remarkably small amount of minutes to, mm. while uneven, and we started talking about the bell curve, to produce that many amazing classic episodes. So it is uneven, yeah. but I mean, the hit rate is just effing absurd to me. Oh, no, I totally agree. I mean, one of the things I should point out, and it's my own nitpicking is this notion i'll say like yeah i liked it and everything but it didn't stick the landing or you know yeah it was all good apart from this like you know you, that's what we're here for we nitpick in these little these little moments but like I, apart from a couple where i'm like yeah i'm never going back to watch that one like i could easily sit through this this again because again look, the, the two key things are as you've said it's designed to be entertaining and it is if you take it just viewing now i've sat and analyzed it and i've had to take it in i could just sit and watch some of this stuff and have it playing and the good thing is they are short mm -hmm. 22 to 25 minutes and so it's one of those that like even for the ones you don't really like let's say the fever like yeah, it's gone in in 20 minutes so if you have yeah. to sit through them like it's gone it's fine um but the ones that work, the ones that are really good, are absolutely packed. Or when they get to their twist, they've, they've engrossed you for so long that their twist is an absolute gut punch. You know, and I think of like the 60mm Shrine. And when I first sat and watched the episode, bloody hell. I'm like, the, the whole thing works up to this thing. It centers around this woman who gives who is growing eccentricity and depression about growing old. To then have it topped off with this thing of like, yeah, well, I'm going to go live in this fictional world inside this movie screen is is, and then you're left with it. And you're left when you're left with someone seeing that, mm. and I'm like, yeah, we're four episodes in to this TV show, and they are not going to let up. So, you're yeah, right. that's ambitious. I mean, yeah. that you know, yeah. you can't believe that that was made in 1960, and that it works. I mean, you know, one of the things that I keep coming back to, I mean, you, you're absolutely right in everything that you said. And, you know, there is a season that's hour long and I haven't mm. seen almost any of it. So I'm looking forward to it. But um, one thing, you know, one thing that I really appreciate, especially, you know, as a writer is how, you know, I mean, this is true of some of the old Star Trek. I mean, it's true of, you know, classic stuff from this era, the first Doctor Who episode, you know. Uh, some of these movies that we've watched from, you know, the sort of late mm. 50s. I mean, at their best, these are just really well structured. And yes. even bad episodes of Twilight Zone, where we're hitting them, still know what a theme is and yes. weave it through in some way. And it's not like modern, you know, movies where you say, like, this is a hundred million dollar movie. How do you not understand what a theme is and weave it throughout? And we're hitting Twilight Zone when it fails to do that adequately. But it's partly because, you know, in this era, the element of just a, a well-told story that was structured properly from beginning mm. to end and had a theme woven through it was just expected. And, you know, I really appreciate that kind of storytelling and the concept of a well-told tale. Yes, no, I agree. Well-told is a, is, a, is, a, is a phrase I would come back to. Even like, Even some of the ones I don't care for, are well told for the most part you know i think there's a there's a couple where you probably could go ah, another another slight draft could have changed things but no I, I, it's the, and again week to week 
you know, and the thing I say, like different writers, like you know, if Rod Serling is the sort of the showrunner, all the bits and pieces, it's just an absolute feat. Thirty six episodes, thirty six weeks, amazing, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, in amazing. one year, I mean, you yeah. know, it, it's staggering. You know, you, you also think like, you know, I'm a writer. I think how long it takes me to write something. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, having a year of your life in which you produced. 36 of these things yeah. you know that is batting this kind of average i mean that if you had one year of your life that you did that you'd be like i'm done for the rest of my life like i've accomplished something amazing yeah and we've got no. more yeah i, I i'm I, and this is what i'm saying this is what i'm looking forward to them to, to more that the one thing is like i said this season has reassured me that yeah it's probably going to be a little uneven and that's to be expected when you have this many episodes. I think the, the second season's around the same number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fine. But do you know what that, like you say, if we're hitting a third that are really going to impress me, yeah, brilliant. That means I'm going to get 10 to 12 episodes that I'm going to want to go back and see. And if, if, if that's consistent across all five seasons, is it five, six, five seasons? Yeah. I'm going to end up with around between 80 to 90 episodes of television <laughs> that I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch that because it's really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and we will. Yeah. So it uh, really is a journey. And we'll continue our track through the Twilight Zone. We will, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, any final thoughts before we, we do sort of, uh, we do cap that off? No, I think I think it's a, it's a wonderful trip that we're taking and I hope that uh, people are taking it with us. And um, if you're, we're recording this in 2021 and if you're listening to this in 2021 it means that you are contributing to our patreon and getting Mm -hmm. this ahead of time getting weekly twilight zone injections right into your brain yes and i just want to say thank you for supporting us uh if you're listening to this when it's publicly available you know we're seasons ahead by then probably on the patreon so jump on and get the new stuff and if you are listening to this in the public, and like you say, we, yeah, we would be on seasons ahead. We may even be into things like The Outer Limits or other versions of The Twilight Zone. Go check it out, because it's not just this we do. We, uh, there's other things on the Patreon. There are literal hours worth of episodes of stuff on there now. It's a lot of it me prattling on, but it's got some interesting thoughts. But you get some decent stuff on there, and it's all for a minimal £5 that's it. Five, well, again, not depending on what way this country goes after we've recorded this, but at the moment, five pounds, five pound a month. Um, and yeah, you, you, it, all pre, all support is greatly appreciated and helps us keep the tower, uh, the the lights on at twentieth century towers, and keeps these podcasts going out for free uh, and ad free. Apart from this advert, yeah. but this is an advert for us, so that doesn't count. <laughs> so anyway julian as always this has been an absolute blast i'm fascinated and looking forward to the to the next season uh and doing more on stories at time of space so ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us and trekking through the twilight zone mm-hmm.